Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Every time I, I step on a podium throughout my life to speak, it has never been in this angle. It has always been just about missing children, child safety, so I have my things here with me. I, I just go rather da, da 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 no one can stop me. So uh, when Carol asked me to speak, I was like, where? Um, my sister is here just to confirm that this is the first people in Bungoma are waiting to hear what I have to say. But um, the theme, the theme came out in terms of, if I think of my life, especially this year, I realized one thing, God is not a God of coincidence. Small things have happened along uh, my, day, my days and my work since the start of this year, that when Carol said, could you speak? And this is the theme, I was like, wow, God is not a God of coincidence. And as we go by, I'll be able to share that. And um, so the theme of this month, the extraordinary God and ordinary man, it just goes beyond what I think is my call to purpose. A lot of people ask, why do you do what you do? Did anything, did a disaster happen? Was there a bolt of lightning? Were you swallowed like a fish, by, like, like, like Jonah by a fish? And sadly, unfortunately, I don't have a wow story. I don't have a, a lightning moment that I say, this is the time I just saw the clouds shifted and then I just saw, wah, missing child Kenya. I don't have that. And so sometimes when I get called for certain media interviews, um, you find that um, the editor is not seeing a fantastic story behind it because they're not seeing uh, sadness that I once was lost, but now I'm found. <laughs> there was something going on. I found 10 children in a corner and then I picked them up. So it just also just goes to show that God also works his purpose through ordinary people. I'm not extraordinary. I'll just share a little bit about what I do and sometimes as uh, people we wish we had superpowers. I don't know what superpower you wish you had. Which one? Flying. Fly. Where do you want to go to? Arrive here early. <laughs> superpowers. I know women want the power of vision. Yes. <laughs> women want to see beyond walls, eh? beyond passwords, beyond screenshots. That's where people want. So if you had a certain superpower, what would you do with it? It's, it's, a, it's a blessing. Again, when we see these superhero stories, we see the, the blessings and the curses that these people have when they have superpowers in the imaginary world. So when I think about it, I'm like, why did I start Missing Child Kenya? It started from a point of a need. I was working in a fantastic institution that uh, deals with uh, needy children. I was working at uh, Starehe Boys Center. And one of the things that a lot of the sponsors who used to do programming with us would ask us, you have children that you're calling orphans. Have you tried to unite them with family? Because no one falls from a tree like a mango. There has to be some kinship somewhere in their family circles. Have you tried reunification? Have you tried anything? They're like, uh, no, but they're orphans and we need money. They're like, there's the importance of a family unit. It, 
it should only be that there is no other way. There's totally no other way than we can say that you need to be placed under orphan care or government care. And so when I left my, my term there, I saw there was that. And what I started was something very different. I started out doing a safety program. It was called Simba Safe Kenya. What I was doing, I was just doing safety training for schools, and my target was still kindergartens. And so I used to come round to a kindergarten, we do a day, we do different aspects of safety. We do fire safety, first aid, crossing the road. I used to work a lot around the children's park next to Serena on the procession way drive. And um, um, it was fun. Um, one of my friends got me a costume of a lion because of Simba Safe Kenya. So if you go online and you search, you might find some lions somewhere. No, it is me inside there. It was a lot of sweat. And in some events, my family can testify, I would have to speak and one sibling would be a lion. Someone's boyfriend who's now a husband would be the lion. You're sweating in there. People give you water. They pepper you a bit. But then when kids see such, they run around and they learn something. Unfortunately, someone stole the head of that lion by the... Can you imagine? So that lion is not... It's headless. But I have some people visiting um, soon and I asked them to check in Halloween cells in the UK and see if they can give me some costume. Then probably that will be back. So back to where I was. So uh, when looking around that, a lot of parents started telling me, you're teaching people safety, but there's kids missing. So what do we do? What do I do? My child is missing. You're the one who has been saying this is what to do when a child goes missing. So I realized, wow, I started looking around. Is there anywhere that people have collected information on what to do or where to go? There was nothing. And so that is how slowly by slowly I started uh, the programming. We started with one alert for a child one afternoon who was missing and they were found on Mombasa Road. And to date we are at 1,146 cases of children or families we have handled. And so when I look back, there was no lightning moment, but there was a need, there was a gap. And everything else that has happened has just been because I was placed in the gap and now God's glory just worked around what things should be done. So again, when we look at ourselves, when you're, I felt that title was very heavy next to my photo, Extraordinary God, Ordinary Women. I was like, where? Maybe I'm expected to give extraordinary stuff. So, um, Women, women, we are so important in God's place within the Bible, within the Old Testament, the New Testament. There's many ways that he used women to work um, things around. And it's not supernatural qualities of these women that Carol has been doing trivias for. They didn't come with supernatural powers. They were just ordinary women. But the way God used them and where they were placed and how their impact was fashioned is what comes out as God's extraordinary work in our lives. So um, if I look at the struggles, the temptations, the wins of these women, it's just what we face currently. Remember March when I spoke, there's nothing um, outside of our life experience that God has not thought about before. March when I spoke, I remember I said about Jesus going missing. Who knew that Jesus went missing? And then he gave his parents a runaround. So again, these are the women in the Bible that we speak of. Who knew that at one point, their story, which was fashioned in an everyday manner, 
would end up being something fantastic. So that's how I look at it when I look at um, uh, our extraordinary lives. And so um, whenever you ask women, there's about 10 to 12 women that uh, most people mention quickly. There's Anna, there's Esther, there's what? So we'll not get into those ones. I'll just send you to find a book. There's a book called The 12 Extraordinary Women by John MacArthur. Uh, you learn more than fascinating information about these women. And um, there's an unmistakable chronology of God's work in their lives that ended up being stories that are featured in the Bible and we use our sermons on. And these women were not secondary to God's plan. They were ancillary. They were in the midst of God's plan that at the end of it all is when we see and we're like, wow. So that's what it was. So in fact, when you look at yourself and you're sitting and you're saying, I'm an ordinary person. I'm just going around my everyday life. God is not um, non-intentional about whatever happens in your day every day, where you're giving your service, where you're giving uh, your talents, where you're giving your duty. God is not unmistakable about what the ultimate purpose for that is. And so look at that book. And the 12 women studied in this book are, there's Eve, there's Sarah. I remember the man of promises gave us the way Sarah was laughing about certain things, yeah? When God was telling her, uh, this is going to happen. She's like, me, hey, <laughs> hey. So there's Sarah, there's Rahab, there's Ruth, there's Hannah, there's Mary, the mother of Jesus, there's Anna, there's the Samaritan woman, there's the sisters Martha and Mary, uh, and there's Mary Magdalene in this book, in the 12 women. So today, like I said, I will not touch more on those ones because there's so much we've heard about them. I want to talk about two women, two ordinary women and an extraordinary God. I'll start by uh, Deborah. I love Deborah. Whenever someone asks me who's your favorite woman in the Bible, it's Deborah. And it's pegged on what I consider as um, my values, my value system. What I try to do in my day-to-day -day work is centered around justice and human rights and all those kinds of things. And so Deborah was a prophetess, an honored judge. In her time, things went well within the court system. And so she impresses me a lot. And um, I believe in justice and equality, I said that. So I was equally excited when Kenya appointed the first female chief justice. I was like, hey, yeah. And um, I thought about it in terms of, sometimes we look at women because they also have some extra qualities around them. Men don't feel bad. There's something uh, nurturing around a woman that in an environment of justice, she would probably use that what we call the sixth sense to think around things. And so um, if you look at even our lives around, what is a symbol of justice? What is justice represented as? Whenever you think around and you think of justice, there's, there's, always a, there's a, a woman holding scales, tying her, her hands, her, her eyes are tied, yeah? One of the most recognized legal symbols in the Supreme Court uh, in the US is the Lady Justice, yeah? And um, portraying the female figure for justice dates back way in Greek mythology. And um, it's depictions of Themis and Justicia in ancient mythology. Those who are looking for new names for their children, I've given you Justicia. 
Um, Themis. Themis was known for her clear-sightedness. She was the Greek goddess of justice and law. And in Roman mythology, justicia, justice, was one of the four just, uh, virtues along prudence, fortitude, and temperance. Yeah? And so over time, justice also became associated with scales because of balance and uh, uh, impartiality. And then there was a sword to symbolize power. And then slowly by slowly, uh, the blindfold started appearing, and that is also attributed to impartiality. So again, when I think of female figure, when I think of Deborah, I think of Justice, I think of Lady Justice, that is how I relate to um, what I look at as my one of the powerful women in the Bible. Every year for the last uh, four, five years now, at the beginning of the year, I hold a vision board party with my friends and close associates. We just sit to plan around our, our year um, all round, not just professionally, but personally, spiritually, a lot of things. And um, when Pasi says, read your Bible, he means it. This year, when we did our vision board party, I asked the 10 ladies among us, uh, during that introduction trivia, who are you, what are you, give me one of the um, women that you admire most in the Bible. Um, ladies gave, gave, gave. But somebody gave a name that I have never encountered as a strong woman in the Bible. I was like, where? Um, my friend Maureen, she gave the name of a lady called Shira. Shira, for those of us who grew up at a certain age, when I say Shira, what do you think? <laughs> there was a cartoon called Shira, isn't it? powerful, she had nice costume, swords, and things used to flare around. And um, I thought, wow, because so many times we've heard about all these other women that I was telling you, go find them in the book and whatnot, you'll read about them. It struck me that there's also ordinary women who did extraordinary stuff, but they rarely get mentioned so much in the Bible. Um, Shira, she only gets mentioned in one verse in the Old Testament. And even in biblical commentaries, she's sometimes overlooked. Um, this is First Chronicles 7.20. First Chronicles 7.20. And because I want to be in the sermon mode, I'll say the way we say in Swahili church in Chags, Nanita Soma. <laughs> the descendants of Ephraim were Shuthela and buried his son, Tahath his son, Eliada his son, Tahath his son, Zabad his son, Shuleha his son, and Ezra and Eliad. Now the people of Gath who were born in the land killed them because they came down to raid their cattle. And their father Ephraim mourned many days, and his relatives came to comfort him. Ephraim went in to his wife, and she conceived and gave birth to a son. And he named him Beriah to mean weeping, because disaster had befallen his house. His daughter was Shira, who built both Lower and Upper Beth Horon and Uzen Shira. So even if you try to find her, her story is hidden in that part of the Bible that has so many genealogies that we never want to, che to check out. It, it normally starts with so and so gave birth. So by the time you come down, you're like, ah, Shira. So even her story is just somewhere in there. It's not coming out clearly. 
And the names in there are also hard to pronounce. By the time you land on Shira, you've gone to Uthar. Her family connections were even harder to understand. But she's there. She was smack in the middle there and she did awesome stuff. Her name was Shira and she did what no other woman has ever done in the Bible. She built cities. Shira built cities. Shira built three cities. Two of, the three cities, uh, two of these three cities, one is called Lower Beth Horon, and another one is called Upper Beth Horon. These cities were on a hillside, one was above the other. Their names mean House of the Hollow or House of the Shelter. So these cities are safe places. You know what you say about building fortresses when you go up on a hilly place? You are able to secure the place. Yeah? So if you think about it, those were the first two cities, Lower Beth Horon and Upper Beth Horon. And um, so recently I saw people saying these memes that are on social media. Someone says, people who live in Kabete are very particular when you try to land them on one side. Because Lower Kabete is very different from Upper Kabete. So if you tell someone from this side that they are on this side, they're like, no, 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 no. I'm from Lower Kabete. Yeah? Or Upper Kabete. It's just like Moy Avenue. Moy Avenue is divided by one line, but there's one side of Moy Avenue, T is 50 bob. There's another side, T is 350. So it just depends which side of Moy Avenue you are on. So there was lower, Beth Horon, upper, Beth Horon. But the third one, it was called Uzen Shira, which means listen to Shira. At that point, she named it after herself because she felt people were not listening to her. Yeah? claiming that no one will listen, so, so listen to Shira, Uzen Shira. And we ask ourselves, how did Shira become a city builder? She's just an ordinary girl, right? I'm sure maybe her family and friends and neighbors at that point, they told her, you're crazy, yeah? Which city was ever built by a woman? And you can imagine it's back then, because now is when we are looking at, oh, STEM for women, women in, in engineering, women in architecture, yeah? So you can imagine how Shira was crazy way back. This was BC. Now, we are looking at very different things. This is the time we are trying to promote women in that sector. And at that point, Shira built a city. People must have asked, just go do what women are supposed to do. And we know what is said in those circles about women are supposed to do. Just go do what women are supposed to do instead of disturbing us. And because this was ancient Israel, it may have disturbed some person that a woman was a foreman. Imagine these terms even haven't changed. At a construction site currently, who is the head of the construction site? Foreman, whether male or female. So you can imagine even some people are like, am I supposed to take orders from this uh, lady at this construction site? But that was Shira. Shira built cities. And like I said at the start, God has been using women, ordinary, to build, lead, and change the world so often. Yeah? Shira built her cities. But what does it take as an ordinary person to do these extraordinary things? It takes people. Shira cannot, could not have built that city alone. She needed people. If you just think around what it takes to build, let's look at our biggest residential area in Nairobi. Gated community, Nyaya Mbakasi. Shira could not have built it alone. She needed people to start clearing the fields. She needed people to start uh, getting the stones. She needed people to start pulling up water. So it's just about what was her placement in there. 
She had a dream, but this dream, it wasn't hers alone. What are some of those endearing qualities, day-to-day -day qualities that she may have used that people came together and actually built not one, but two, three cities for a woman in that era? She needed a lot of things. In, it takes many hands at a Mjengo site to qualify and do a day's work. So you can imagine those are some of the people that, who looked at this woman with a vision and they trusted her. I can look at what I started doing. Missing children in Kenya, not just in Kenya, it's not a common issue discussed within the African continent. When we look at Europe and the Americas and other developed countries, there's so much in place. There's uh, systems like the Amber Alert and whatnot. So when I was looking around for African contemporaries that I can speak to and say, um, so what do you guys do? I only found missing children South Africa and missing children Egypt. Those were the already developed ones. And um, South Africa was developed pre-apartheid. And Egypt was developed after the emergency period in Egypt. But most of these other countries, they don't have a specific agency that is just dedicated for missing children. A lot of it has been swallowed under um, child protection services. And so whenever I was speaking, it has always sounded for the last six years like I'm just singing a bad song. You know, like the way there's the choir and then you just remove your own voice. It's not matching with the rest. So you can imagine also for her, at one point when she was saying, let's build this city, it was almost sounding like that. Like she's just saying, let's do what is impossible. But then God used her to fashion that vision and bring out the cities. Yeah? God listened to Shira. Shira who named the city after herself. Because at one point she felt, no one is listening to me. She named this city after herself. God listened to her hopes, her prayers, her troubles. So whenever you are going around your ordinary business, doing whatever you think is your day-to-day -day ordinary things, still talk to God about your fears, your troubles. Because a lot of times I ask God, what is the end game for this? What am I going to do with this eventually? What does this look like for Kenya, not just for Kenya, even for Africa? What does it look like? So I tell God, and in so many small ways, he comes in with wonderful things like the story of the autistic boy. This boy saw his poster. This is a missing child Kenya poster. And he went and sat under it and refused to move until he was rescued and taken over to his family. Those uh, guys, like Carol uh, said, I won't give uh, spoilers. It's just brilliant what they did. But God reaffirms you in so many small ways here and there. Recently, I, I got into a program um, to help um, women who are in business or enterprise to uh, enhance their digital assets, like your Facebook, your whatever, all those kinds of things. And part of this has um, a reward at the end that you'll get 200 US dollars in terms of advertising credit. That is something that if I measure, if I have $200 in my hand, I would rather use it to put it in the toll-free line or for something else as opposed to advertising. So advertising is something I really don't focus on a lot. But because now that's the goal and I have to use it, I'm very focused on that program. I sit down, I listen. And so they told us recently to go back and uh, check our passwords and assets and look at some few things on our back end. So I went in, I looked at my Facebook page for Missing Child Kenya and something really struck me. Like I said, God is not a God of coincidences. I looked at it and the page was founded in 12th, on 12th July 2016. And my son was born on 12th July 2022. 
I said, God does not work around with dates and just tell you these are random dates. There's things in the Bible that ask you to learn how to number your days and mark certain days and things like those. So as much as you're thinking you're doing ordinary stuff, there's things that God comes just and plugs back in and tells you, go on, my child, you're doing well. So don't feel that whatever you're doing is not super amazing, like you're not flying over the city and rescuing people. But these everyday things make a lot of sense. Yeah? Um, like I said, while Shira was doing this, she still cried out to God. She talked to God, and God looked at her. And it is said that Shira's cities endured through the end of the Old Testament into the period of the Maccabees, more than 1,000 years after she had built them. Can you imagine that? And because she was still crying to God, talking to God, yeah, the Maccabean warriors who took back the temple in Jerusalem um, used Shira's cities as their base of operations. Just imagine that. Yeah? And today, actually, to say that more than 3,000 3, years after Shira built her cities, the remains of Upper Beth Horon and Lower Beth Horon are still visible in Palestine. God's enduring testimony, using an ordinary woman to do extraordinary uh, things. So let us take Shira's story as an image of our lives. What dreams do you have? What unusual and, and non-orthodox ideas and visions do you have? For instance, do you feel like making a samosa of watermelon? <laughs> what will people say? Like, me, this is it. This is a spring roll or a melon roll. What are those ideas? And are you courageous enough to bring them out? And what do you think people will say? Yeah? What are you building? Hmm? What are you building for God? And Carol said this just before um, I, came, I came on. She was saying, we can serve God in very many different ways. It's not just monetary. You just don't come splash your money. Yeah? There are people who can sing. There are people who can arrange stuff within church here. There are people who can marshal the children. There are people who can just sit and be the quiet voice that if you look back, and I'm talking about one quiet voice. I have never heard your voice, dude. <laughs> What's your name, sir? What's your name? Who? Harrison. Harrison, I've never heard your voice. But know that every Sunday when you come here, where will Harrison be? Pale. But I've just never heard his voice. But I'm sure that I'm going to you even if you talk to me. Harrison, what's Pale. It's not about extraordinary things. You don't need to be standing there with muscles like a bouncer like this. But he's there. And there's a reason why he's there, yeah? So what are you building for your community? What are you building for those who come after you? What is your legacy, yeah? Do you have a plan? But whatever plan or vision do you have, build, build it on the foundation of God. Look at what Shira did, how she was continuously crying out to God, and God was still validating her that even many thousands of years after she's no longer here, her cities are still there and spoken of. And she was just one small verse in the Bible, but she still did amazing, amazing things. Build that foundation, fill it with your family and friends and community. Tell people, don't be shy of telling people that I have a melon roll coming up. Eventually, six years down the line, they'll be like, melon rolls, this chick told us. And here we are on melon rolls. So it's just about thinking about that one thing that is in your heart that you've always wanted to do. Yeah? And you're just feeling, I am too ordinary for it. 
but you could just be the ordinary person that God wants to do extraordinary things around uh, that thing that you're thinking of. So don't think of yourself as too little to do anything. And just remember, just like Shira, when your city comes into danger, God will protect you. When you are stuck about what you do, God will come and give you a small voice and tell you, this is how to progress. So don't uh, fear that God will leave you. Yeah? God will stay with you. God will listen to you, help you survive and carry on within that ordinary thing that he's doing extraordinary things for you. So um, those are my two women, Deborah and Shira. And interestingly, again, when I was looking at um, literature around women of the Bible, I came across another interesting book. This book now is called The Bad Girls of the Bible. So there's the good girls of the Bible. And then there's the bad girls of the Bible. I was like, whoa, who had the courage to write this? Like, by the time you're writing, you're writing and looking up. Like, God might, what's that big word? Smite or smote you. You might be smitten or smitten when you're writing about the bad girls. So this book is, um, it's called The Bad Girls of the Bible and What We Can Learn From Them by a lady called Liz Curtis Higgs. So it says that women everywhere marvel at these good girls. We pick their virtues, we pick their, but we forget there were some bad girls in the Bible. God has a balance. It wasn't just smooth from Old Testament, Paka, uh, New Testament. God has a balance of showing also these ups and downs. But on most days, you marvel at Esther, Sarah, Hannah. But sometimes when you look in the mirror, that's not what you see. True or false? If you're really honest with yourself, sometimes you look at the mirror and you see the selfishness of Safira. You look in the mirror and you see the deception of Delilah. You look at it and you're like, so it's, it's natural. We are not perfect. On every day, we have some bad girl moments. We are good girls, we are bad girls. Yeah? And so, but interestingly, I was thinking around it, and I'm not asking to be quoted as a statistic, but there's, between chicks and dudes, there's so many bad dudes in the Bible. <laughs> the chicks are few, we are, we are contained. The dudes. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying, there's just so many bad dudes in the Bible. I'll just leave it at that. Salem Nakula Buzi bad dudes. Just have some boozy and talk about these bad dudes. So this today, as a modern woman, you're surrounded by so many temptations. You're exhausted by the demands of daily living, and um, you're burdened by the desires of your heart. We are weak, and that is why uh, through Christ we are made strong. It doesn't mean that every day we don't face temptations. And so sometimes, if you look at some of these women, that was Potiphar's wife and Delilah. They had man troubles in the Bible. Yeah? There was Lot's wife. But when I was a young girl, we used to go to St. Luke's Church in Kitale. My sister Brenda there, she does not know how to keep a secret. You know when you're in Form 2 and then who comes in, is in which national school, then you tell your sister, Nani mingia. Brenda was Lot's wife. Anapiluka naangalia. Yeah? Safira couldn't let go of money. I've mentioned her. Jezebel could just not let go of anything. There were so many things she was just picking, picking. If she wants, she gets. Yeah? Herodias, that was in last week's trivia. 
she made a very cruel request of her husband. What did she want? The head of someone. And she sent her daughter to go dancing until they said, okay, what do you want? She was given the head. So if you think sometimes in your day-to-day you've gone too far, you've done so much, there's still some point of redemption. God still worked through these bad girls, by the way. He still worked through them. Take heart, you're not alone. Just also learn about the truth of God's goodness from these bad girls in the Bible. So I will just uh, shortly list them. I've spoken about Potiphar's wife. The Bible tells us that Joseph was so handsome and he caught the sensual eye of Potiphar's wife. She tried, 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 Joseph refused. What did she do? She set up a day that they were alone and when uh, when Joseph escaped, she made an accusation and Joseph ended up in jail first before God came through and did different things, yeah? Safira, Safira, <laughs> you know, as couples, you plan for your own to money, Cindy. You just think of the way Ananias and Safira say, So even by the they died in solidarity, sadly. Because they were asked. He um, said, you have lied to the spirit, Ananias fell down. If you want to know their solidarity as a couple, is three hours later, Safira comes in. She's asked, uh-huh. she lies. She falls down and dies. So it's just um, the thing about, I'm sure probably they had some challenges. Right now, money is not easy to come by. No one has a pot of money. And they thought, okay, so Ido, the Samaritan woman, we know that story. It has been spoken of, yeah? She, uh, she was told, go call your husband. What did she answer? I have no husband. At least I ukweli. Jesus told her, by the way, you have several dudes. You have several, he said, you have said well, you have had five husbands, and the one who you now have is not your husband. Yeah? Jesus revealed himself, and through her, she left her water pot, ran back to the city, told people, this woman of very questionable reputation led Jesus or brought people to, to Jesus. So things work uh, different ways. Jezebel, like I said, and not a lot of people name their children Jezebel. <laughs> have you ever met someone called Jezebel? Do you have a cousin called Jezebel? It's just because of what we yeah. attribute to that. And... Um, her list of crimes were so many. She slaughtered God's prophets. She brought Baal worship to Israel. She had a neighbor killed because she wanted that vineyard. She, she issued a death warrant for Elijah, God's prophet. There was so much that she did. But then again, why do you suppose God preserved stories of these bad women in the Bible? Why do you think he preserved them? Perhaps to illustrate that, John 3.16, whosoever believes in him, should not perish, but have a everlasting life. So could whosoever mean me and you? Would there be hope for us? Yeah? You have a choice. Your past also does not dictate your future. So when you say about extraordinary women in the Bible, you could not be super extraordinary. You could be having your day-to-day challenges, and we do. So just don't uh, remove yourself from that equation that when they say extraordinary women stand up, then you take a step back. No. There's also in the Bible a record of bad girls, and still through God, uh, through them, God did uh, stuff. So what I can just say is, may we too, like Shira, an ordinary woman of God, eh, 
be women and men of faith. Yeah, so we lead the way as we dream of whatever it is that we are dreaming, uh, building the word of God as it was intended to be. It doesn't take miracles. It just takes a day to do things that are done in the glory and honor of, of God. It's not about miracles. I will just end by using um, Matthew 5 where it says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. So you are an ordinary person serving an extraordinary God. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.